0: Continuing the series, So What? We are going to look, we've got life. We are going to uh, take you back to where we ended last week. Luke 19, verse 10. Talking about uh, the mission of Jesus. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10. That talks about what Jesus came for. This is Jesus describing his own mission in his own words. Luke 19 and uh, verse number 10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the mission of Jesus. That's what he came to do. The Son of Man came to save and to seek the lost. I was thinking about that this week and my mind went to First Timothy 1 verse 15 where the apostle Paul says, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's what Jesus has come for. So we spent time on that last week. We talked about the what, and now we get to so what. Jesus did that, but so what? So what? As I was thinking about the so what, I realized the scripture gives us the answer. Shock, shock. Uh, After getting really familiar with Luke chapter 19, 1 to 10, I read on. And I came to verse number 11, which is uh, going to come up on the screen for you, Luke 19 and verse number uh, 11. They heard these things, Jesus talking about what he came to do, uh, and he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem. It's just a few days before the crucifixion. And they suppose that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. So everybody thought Jesus is gonna take over. He's gonna rule the world starting right away. Shock, shock, didn't happen. And he went on to tell the parable of the three servants. And uh, the three servants and the, the talents they received, uh, so I read it in Luke, and then I'm just going to invite all of you now uh, to go to Matthew chapter 25, and we're not going to read the portion tonight. But Matthew chapter 25, 14 to 30, and just have it in front of you on your on your devices or or in the hard copy from Scripture, and we're just going to learn about the the so what that took place place here. So Jesus tells the story, and I'll be interested in your insights here as we we go through this, Pastor Jordan. Jesus tells the story of uh, the kingdom of God being like this owner who has property, and he says, I'm going away for a long, long time, but I want you guys to look after things for me. And he gives one guy five talents, one guy two talents, one guy one talent, and disappears and then he comes back and there's an examination of how they've spent the investment, what they've done with what Jesus gave them. A lot of really good things, I think, in here for us to learn about the so what. Jesus came to seek out the lost. He came to save sinners. Uh, that's why he came to earth. God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's what he's here for. That's what he came for. But what does that mean to us? Well, the so what, I think, is answered in uh, these verses. What sticks out to you when you look at that story, Pastor Jordan?
1: I think it kind of reminds me a bit um of what you would read in 1 Peter 4.10 that talks about each one of you should uh, uh, use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace to you. And uh, the fact that God allows us to be a part of this, the fact that he gives us talents, gives us ability, begs a gold, whatever the translation you have before you says, means that he trusts us. And what he's given us really is uh, a revelation of his grace to us. Um, These aren't things he's given us so they would hold us up in life or so that they would make us really busy or really occupied. But it's it's gifts of grace that each one of us receives, I think. And uh, he's given us these things, not so that we could just sit on them, not just so that we could just kind of keep them to ourselves, but so that we could be a part of his work, of his kingdom, of what he's wanting to do in the earth. And so I really see uh, each of these talents being given out um, as really just a work of grace that God gives to each one of us.
0: Yeah, and I think what one of the phrases in this story that stuck out to me is right up there on the screen on the second line, right smack in the middle of the second line, entrusted to them his property. So God's got this plan, God's got this business, God's got this stuff that needs to get done. And he entrusts to us his property, his purposes, his plans. And, and he really us, presents us with a golden opportunity here. It really is a golden opportunity. He says, here here 's something to spend your life investing in i 'm going to give you five talents you you can have two you get one, uh, but here 's some stuff to invest in my work. Make a good investment here and uh, sometimes i don 't know if we think about how much we 're really using that investment for for his will and his purposes so that really stuck out to me that this is about him it 's his property. he gives us. Talents, abilities to invest in his property. a uh, golden opportunity for us to invest well. You ever bought something you wish you hadn't bought on the stock market? Uh, a lot of us invest into uh, worldwide ink when we should be investing in uh, eternal uh, ink.
1: absolutely yeah no and i get that for sure and uh i find it interesting in this story because one was given five one was given two and one was given one talent and I f- I, it's interesting that they weren't each given an equal amount meaning that some were responsible for more and some seemed to be responsible for less if you look at it that way or perhaps they were each responsible for what they were given um i think about the one who received one talent who decided to just bury it and really just do nothing with it. And uh, I-, I sometimes wonder this. If that person went through a moment where they were like, well, pff, you give him five talents, you give them two talents, why did I just get this one? Why did I just get this? And rather than focus on what they did have, rather than focusing on the gift, the golden opportunity, as Pastor John said, that God did give them, they focus on what they don't have, or maybe even worse, on what others have that they probably wish that they had themselves. Uh, anyone been there before? I'm sure, sure no one's going to put their hand up and jump up for this one, right? But uh, I think we've all had those moments in our lives where we've gone through things, I see that hand, uh, <laughs> where, you know, you wonder, like, why do they have so much talent? Uh, be a little vulnerable for a second. I remember coming out of College and uh, one thing, if I could have done, uh, I would have done was was definitely been a worship leader and played played in the team because I just love music. Anyone who knows me knows that I love music. And uh, I remember when I got out of college, there were some people in my class who seemed like they could preach, seemed like they can counsel, seemed like they could be with people, seemed like they could lead worship, and they could even play the guitar, right? And I'm sitting there looking at all the talents they were given, and and I won't lie to you, sometimes I had this little moment in my life where I was like, ah, it would be nice, right? It'd be nice to be over there. It'd be nice to have that in my life. But what that did to me, I think, was rather than embracing and celebrating what God gave to me, it, it probably had me envious of what God gave to someone else. And it was actually a distraction for me. It was actually distracting me, trying to see what everyone else had, what gift everyone else was given. Focusing on that kept me, I think, from focusing on what God had given me. And God has given everyone talent, everyone a golden opportunity in which we can serve Him with. And uh, I, I don't know, just as I read this story this past week, as I was praying about it, as I was looking at it this past week, I couldn't help but think that, you know, um, it's so easy in our world to play comparison, so easy to look at what they have and what we don't have, that you know, it's really a blessing to see that God has given each of us something uh, to invest. He's given grace to each one of us, and uh, we need to put it to use.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's important for us to underline what you just said. There is no person here tonight. There is no person here tonight who hasn't been given abilities, special abilities, talents uh, from God, opportunities that won't be available to other people. And and we really need to use those um, for eternal things. Invest invest in eternal ink. Uh, Worldwide ink is gonna collapse. And if you put all your stuff in there, you're gonna regret it deeply uh invest in what's gonna last so the boss comes back he
1: does.
0: and there's an accounting mm-hmm. and that accounting will come to all of us uh, we'll get the report on how we've managed our investment i get these things mailed to me about every three months and some of them are depressing you don't want to be depressed at the end of the story You don't want to be depressed when you're standing before the maker and say, man, I blew it. I was stupid. I invested poorly. I made dumb choices. You want to take the golden opportunity God's given you, given us, every individual. We've had little different amounts to play with, but every person here has been given a golden opportunity, and you want to use it to... to, uh, Make sure things are going well. So he comes back and uh, interesting story here because um, I think we need to see really two really solid truths in this story. And, And the first one is that the followers of Christ are meant to live risky lives. Followers of Christ are meant to live risky lives i remember sitting on two chairs like this about seven or eight months ago with mark hazard and he said uh faith is spelt r-i-s-k faith is spelt r-i-s-k uh followers of christ are meant to live these risky lives so we got this five talent guy and we got this two talent guy and both of them Take the money, and they take some risks with it they 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 take it they invest uh they they try to make a difference uh in the father's business they're 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 doing their best to invest well and uh and the owner comes back and says, "How'd you do to the five five talent guy and and it's right at the uh End of the story. Well, let's start about the sixth line from the bottom at the end. And he, he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more. So he started with five, doubled his investment. Doubled his investment. Five talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And then uh, he also did the same with the two-talent guy. Two-talent guy's story is exactly the same, except you change the five talents to the two talents. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Your responsibility is not to do as well as somebody else. Your responsibility is to do well with what you've been given. Your responsibility isn't to do as well as somebody else. your responsibility is to do as well do well with what you've been given. so the five talent guy and the two talent guy both uh, take some risks and invest in uh, and God commends them for that. Um, I was thinking uh, this week about this this building we're sitting in and and this church, and we, uh, we don't talk about this much, but there's about 1,100 people who call the neighborhood their home. In 1992, there were a group of about 40 believers who believed God wanted to do something in the north end of Saskatoon, 40 of them. And they bought this monstrous sized building and that that's faith, that's risk, but they took the risk, and look what Jesus has done. the Lord has honored it you You have to live this life where you you take some risks. Have you taken any risks for the kingdom lately? Oh, I was going to talk to somebody about my faith this week, but it was so scary we got to take some risks. It's the risks that extend the kingdom. And if we don't take risks, we're not going to be making a difference in seeking out uh, the lost. And then there's a second response there. Do you want to comment at all on the first response there, Pastor Jordan? Or you want me to keep going? Keep going. Yep. Okay. You're like my wife. Uh, <laughs> and then sometimes I ask her if she wants me to keep going. And she says, no, I'll speak up. So you do whatever you want to do. Um, but the second response is uh, this guy who had one talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's asked, what'd you do? He says, oh, I hid it.
1: Yeah.
0: Hid it away, put it in the safety deposit box and it would be safe there. And uh, the business owner says, why didn't you go help my business go forward? And he said, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. You had some interesting thoughts on that phrase. I was afraid.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the things he says in the NIV is that I knew you were a hard man. And uh, it's interesting how he seemed to have this view of his master, that his master was a tough person, was hard on him, difficult on him. Perhaps he was a little bit afraid, perhaps he was timid, perhaps he uh, was scared to do anything because he was scared to mess up. Have you ever worked for someone or been on a team with someone that literally, you're just nervous at every moment because you're afraid you're not going to please them or you're not going to do exactly what they tell you to do or what they want you to do? He says here, when he was asked um, what he did with his one talent or bag of gold, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, so I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground, your talent in the ground. here see here is what belongs to you and he brings it back to him and uh, I can't help but think that when I hear that is that he had an improper view of his master Uh, something about how he viewed his master made him afraid and made him nervous from even going out and risking or even trying begin with. And I wonder sometimes, I'm going to take this to our relationship with God and how I talk about this, I wonder if sometimes we can have an improper view of God. If we can have an improper view of our Father, our Heavenly Father, where we think perhaps He's just kind of out to get us, perhaps He's angry with us, perhaps He's sitting there uh, not impressed and judged with us, that we almost paralyze ourselves, in a sense, from doing anything. And we just take what He's given us and we bury it and we just hope we don't mess up and we just hope that we do enough. I, I, I know Growing up um, in the Catholic Church, uh, they taught me a lot of great things. But I know one thing that I had as, a, as, a, as someone who was young learning about God was this idea that I was always a little bit afraid to tick him off, right? I was always a little bit afraid to upset him or make him mad at me. And so living for him was absolutely, uh, it, it, was, it was difficult because it, it's tough to, to live and please someone um, that you're afraid of. Um, there's, a, there's a huge difference between having reverence for someone and respect for someone and, 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 and being absolutely afraid, right? And so um, I just find this interesting. I find it interesting that obviously how he viewed God or his master in this case, I, I, I change it to our relationship in God, has an effect on how we can live for God. Uh, one quote that we've been throwing around lately is, uh, A.W. Tozer's quote, who says that, um, what comes into your mind, w- w- whatever the first thing that comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And, uh, and I think that's true. And I think, I think there's some, some truth in that statement that, you know, we need to recognize that God loves us, that the Son of Man, as Pastor John preached in our first sermon last week, came to seek and save the lost and he, he and for god so loved this world that he gave his one and only son that we start from a position of being loved of being cared for uh, 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 of, of of god caring for us and we work out of that and we don't work from this place where we're afraid and where we where we think he's just out to get us but god loves us and he's given us talents he's given us abilities he's given us gifts so that we can serve him and uh we need to embrace that and we can trust that he is good
0: yeah and and uh As we're using our talents and abilities, it it seems to me that we need to be really using them to make a difference in the mission of the master. And the mission of the master is to seek and to save the lost. And uh, sometimes we get so busy and doing religious things we can walk by. the neighbor who would really appreciate us just stopping and talking to them Uh, we walk by things that are obvious opportunities golden opportunities that are obvious um, because we've got some religious activity to do i wonder how often I am so concerned about finishing my prayer walk because I love that time of solitude that I'm completely blind to an opportunity to share my faith with somebody who walks right past me. Uh, We've got to have our eyes on eternal ink. We've got to have our eyes on on eternal things because the eternal consequences are huge. How we're using the golden opportunities God gives us—the eternal consequences are huge, huge. Uh, so the five talent guy, the two talent guy—they go, they invest in eternal things, invest in the Father's business, and and Master says, "Well done, well done, now good and faithful servant. Well done, great job." stuff and then this other guy who's afraid of God and and puts everything digs a hole in the dirt or safety to whatever he hides it did you catch what happens to him? he this worthless servant verse number 30 gets cast into outer darkness and there's in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I haven't really worked that into my, figured out how that fits into my understanding of God's grace and, and all of that stuff and not being saved by works. But, but there is there is this element of, hey, if, if, you're, if you're in my business, if you're in the family, if you're in the kingdom, you've got to have kingdom priorities. You've got to be invested, vested in the things that matter to the master, And he looks at this guy who throws everything God gives him, just hides it in a safety deposit box and says, you missed it, bud. You missed it. So the eternal consequences of not understanding the so what? What you're supposed to be doing as a result has been out there. Sorry. No, again. Pass back and forth here. Understanding or failing to understand what we're supposed to be doing as a result of Jesus coming to seek and to save the lost, the impact that should be having on our lives. Failing to deal with that, failing to think about that, has really, really huge consequences. Got a wrap-up comment or thought here, Pastor Jordan, and then I'll do the wrap-up. Wrap-up.
1: Yeah I think so. I think so. And, and stories like this that you when Jesus tells them, helps you recognize that the gospel isn't just simply about what you believe. That's a huge part, but it also affects how you live, right? It affects what you do, it affects what you risk for, it affects uh, what you put to use. Um, I think sometimes the reason why it can be tempting just to bury our talent is sometimes we can struggle with like, "Can I actually do this?" Or uh, <laughs> "Am I good enough to do this? I, 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 am I spiritual enough to do this?" You know um, I only can memorize one verse. Can And I really do, like I'm kidding obviously when I say that, but but sometimes I think there could be a tendency that there could be some timidness, perhaps we um, just need a little push in the right direction. And as we were studying about this this past week, I'm just going to read a quick verse from Exodus chapter 4, talk about a place nowhere near here, right? But Moses was in a position where God had called him to go and speak to Pharaoh and to go and speak to people. And uh, Moses said to God, what if they don't believe me or listen to me or, or say that the Lord didn't appear to you? And he's going through this period in life that I think a lot of us go through uh, when it comes to doing work for God or stepping out for God. We could sometimes be like, Well, what if they don't listen? What if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't work out the way I, I, I hoped it would? And uh, the Lord said to him in Exodus 4.2, and I'm just going to read this one question, said to him, what is that in your hand? And uh, what is that in your hand? and uh, in his hand was a staff. And if you read through the rest of the chapter, you're gonna see that God had made all sorts of provisions for him to do this work. And so I think it's worth mentioning that when we step out and uh, put, our, put our talents at work and risk for God, that we don't go on our own strength, but we go in, in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and that God's got it planned out, God's got things worked out. He literally asks us, what is it that I've placed in your hand and how can you use that? to serve others and to tell others about me. And so my closing comment, I guess for me, would be to ask that question to each one of us today, to myself, uh, what is it that God's placed in my hand? What is it that God has given me? What opportunities has he given me? What places of influence has he given me? Um, what friendships has he possibly uh, allowed me to enter into so that I can go out and, uh, and risk and, and uh, tell others about him?
0: Yeah, every one of you here, without exception, you are not the exception in this room. Every one of you here has been given very significant abilities, talents, gifts, opportunities uh, to be used to invest in the mission of God. Every one of us, without exception. And so the the question is, uh, are, we, are we investing well? Or if we take time, and we're going to take time in just a moment, if we take time to honestly look at our lives, do we have to say, man, in the big picture of things, in the big picture of this seeking, the Lord who sought out the lost and had, the salvation of the lost in mind in the big picture I uh... I'm not investing in that business I'm investing in all kinds of other stuff uh... the consequences of living like that are huge so we're just going to take a say la moment here we do this every once in a while at the neighborhood and online I'd encourage you just uh look at the, the screen and join us in a couple of minutes of of just quiet thought and let the Holy Spirit talk to us. Take an honest look at your life investments and, and look at where they've been up to now and uh, let the Holy Spirit talk to you about uh, those three uh, arrows, bullet points underneath. So let's just turn this sanctuary into a A couple of minutes of of thought and reflection. Mm -hmm. Father, we invite you to uh, examine and search our hearts. You sent uh, your son to accomplish so much. His mission was huge. And then as he was leaving, he passes responsibility off to us. And He gives us talents and abilities and relationships and connections that nobody else has. I pray, Father, that we would uh, just sense the nudging, the the working of the Spirit of God in our hearts right now, and and challenging us to invest well with what You've given us, to be risk takers, to to speak up when it's Maybe may be easier to be quiet, but speaking up is what you'd be calling us to do. So come, Holy Spirit, and help us to be uh, investing well in the golden opportunities you've given us. In Jesus'
1: beautiful name, amen and amen.